This Front Row Rugby episode appeared originally on YouTube. Today you are going to get a front row seat to the incredible Springbok career of 1995 Rugby World Cup champion Henny LaRue. Henny, welcome to Front Row Rugby. Thank you very much, Peter. I'm looking forward to the chat. Before we get started, let's take a look at this week's trivia question. In 1992, South Africa played a two-test series in France. Which city hosted the first test? Now, if you know the answer to that, you can put it in the comment section down below. We'll also find out if Henny knows the answer to that, but we'll do that at the end of our conversation. Henny, I'd like to begin in 1993. Talk to me about how you were feeling ahead of your test debut against France. Yeah, it was a little nerve-wracking. Obviously, I'd been sitting and uh, warming the bench uh, for the then incumbent NAS and... Uh, you know, having, having been given the opportunity and the privilege to represent uh, the country as a startup at uh, home ground, Ellis Park was was uh, was was a bit daunting, but uh, you know, really looked forward to it. I know the guys only got together a couple of days before a test match in those days. How difficult was it to prepare properly? Yeah, it it, it was a little difficult, but you know, one has to understand that. But it was like that all around the world. If you're a touring side, you probably had an extra week or, or ten days to to add to that, which was which was good. Um, but yeah, you know, it was it was difficult in 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 the terms that that South Africa hadn't really been back in the international arena for 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 a long time. So there were a lot of uh, aspects in terms of international competition, international travel, expectations, media. And so forth, which was, uh, which wasn't standard or or, or the norm within in the environment. So, so there were a lot of new things which which one had to try and anticipate and and accommodate. After we lost that series to France, you were actually out of the side for about a year. How disappointing was that? It's never good to to be involved and and, and then be excluded. But uh, you know that just serves as motivation to get back in there and you know. Get back onto the saddle as such. So, uh, from from that point of view, you know, if one doesn't uh, doesn't perform, that's that's what happens in in professional sport. And then a year later, you were back in the side. We lost that first test against England at Loftus uh, quite convincingly, but we turned it around beautifully, handing them a hiding in the second test. And you played a starring role. How pleased were you with that performance? I think it really came as a, as a result of of a great game. Uh, we played virtually the whole England test uh, at Ellis Park, the test side, uh, and it was the Transvaal side. And I think we beat. Them quite convincingly it was something like 32-12 or something to that effect and when it came to the test match in, in at, at Loftus I think we were let's call it overconfident and um, and, and woke up being down 16 uh, down you know at, at, at half time and and it was a battle to come back um, so but but moving on on onto the Newlands test I think we knew that, that England had taken a step back, a step up and uh, we needed to to really rectify matters uh, and 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 Newlands uh, uh, I think everyone rose to the occasion and, and Newlands was a great setting for for that comeback and yeah it is one of my more you know memorable games uh, you know in the Springbok jersey so in, enjoyed it tremendously. How tough was that New Zealand tour? 
Yeah, I mean, New Zealand was is always tough, you know, going and, and playing number one in those types of conditions and, and knowing that, that you're playing New Zealand um, is, is, is always uh, a challenge. But, uh, you know, th th there's a lot of um, respect both sides. And, and I think New Zealand in particular are the one side that, that South Africans love to play and measure themselves against. Um, you know, it's a feather in your cap if you can walk off the field and say, look, you've beaten a particular New, New Zealand side. Um, so, so if rugby being the sport that it is in contact and, and uh, it, it really brings the best out of you. And, and I think, uh, you know, New, New Zealand is, is, is our, our avid, avid uh, competition for, for any budding young South African who wants to measure himself against the best. I've had Ian McIntosh, Tian Strauss and John Allen on the show and all of them have told me that they think that we actually could have and maybe even should have won that series. What do you think? Yeah, look, I, I, I think it was very close. There were one or two incidences, you know, that uh, that happened and, and uh, a pass that went astray, uh, you know, right in front of the, the polls in the, on the final match and so forth, which which should have been picked up. Um, and... and I think it could have gone gone another way, you know. Absolutely, I, I, I tend to agree with that. But that's the nature of the sport, and uh, you know, it didn't. So, so you got to swallow the bitter, bitter pill and get on with it. And then ahead of the 1995 Rugby World Cup, you actually switched to inside centre as Joel came in to take the number ten jersey. How did you feel about that? Well, you know, Kitch came up and he he spoke to me about how he perceived the changes within sport and so forth. And um, there, there needed to be more communication, uh, and uh, particularly in the back line, in terms of defence and attack. And um, he, he raised the issue. Uh, you know, fly at that stage was, was, was probably my place of choice. But he indicated that there may be a requirement because the game started speeding up. Um, significantly, w with the idea that your your first centre at any given time could split from the scrum, and and you act actually playing with two two fly halves, and the fact that I had been, you know, quite comfortable in in the the, the fly half jersey at that stage, uh, made it a natural choice in, in terms of giving the team options. Um, uh, you know, the, as the ball comes out of the scrum uh, quicker and quicker, your fly half needs to get external communication as to what the options are. Yeah, you know, a fly half can't stand wait, waiting to receive a ball and then be looking up to see potentially if the cross kick was on or the box kick was on or the chip kick um, or whether uh, the ball should be, you know, skip one, skip two, or a cross kick, for, for that matter, and and I think um, that was recognised by Kitch, and 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 he said, you know, that level of communication and and let's call it um, insight as to providing options uh, was was what he said he wanted out of out of me during during the World Cup, and and that was the reason why he wanted to move me to inside centre. 
Talk to me about the emotions of that opening match against Australia at Newlands. Oh, that that was a that was a special special opening for us. Uh, I remember uh, with great fondness standing in front of the uh, grandstand at, at, at Newlands with a packed, uh, you know, Newlands crowd, and having just sung the the national anthem, and um, you know there was an, a roar because you're so close to the Newlands stand. There was this huge roar coming off uh, the main stand and having looked down at my jersey and and, and realising that my, my jersey was vibrating, I was uncertain if it was my own nervousness or, or what it was. And then I, uh, then I realised that it was actually the sound coming off, the sound of support coming off the main stand that made my jersey vibrate like that. And that still gives me um, you know, a tingling feeling and makes my hair stand up. Because when we turned away from there, you know, with that level of support, there was just no way we were going to lose that test match. You played against Romania in a match that was a lot tougher than a lot of people expected. What was it about the Romanians that was so difficult to combat? I think, you know, two things. South Africa, generally speaking, if the side is deemed to be not as, uh, let's call it first year, then then we do tend to to slack off a bit. Um, that's the one thing, and and it becomes it becomes a little bit problematic because you don't get into momentum. Um, it's critical that your forwards do the hard work, and 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 if if they're struggling for the lack of, um, you know, getting the right shoulder or getting the momentum, then everything kind of has an effect down the line. And I think Romania uh, wanted to prove themselves. They played out of their skins um, and, and, and wanted to make an impact on, on the world stage. Uh, you know, uh, and if, if they could have beaten South Africa, it, it was also not a full-strength South African side, which, which brought about, uh, you know, some... Uh, some uncertainty in terms of combinations and so forth. Uh, so there was a lot of things that needed to be set, which needed to settle down. And uh, I think uh, Romania took, took advantage of that and, and, and we allowed them to and, and made the game a lot more close than, than what was initially anticipated. How awful were those conditions that you faced in the semi-final against France? Yeah, that, 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 that was really... Uh, challenging you know south africans at the best of times are like uh, a cat in wet weather um trying to avoid it at all costs uh but yeah i mean we 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 concentrated on 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 what was deemed our strengths and that's rather to uh, in those conditions and, and and to play into their half and and limit our mistakes and and, and put up a good you know defense uh, um effort so uh, having done that, you know, there was not ever going to be an open-flowing type of game. So, so we concentrated on, on, on doing the basics well and, and uh, you know, playing for position mostly. And, and luckily, uh, you know, that, that worked for us. Ahead of the World Cup final, how confident were you guys? It's an interesting question. A lot of people said we, we didn't stand much of a chance against New Zealand after having seen Jonah Loma run through the England side. Um, you know, and 
but but having having been part of of what that team stood for and 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 how they backed each other it was there were just no there was just no holding back because that team would have lost their arm for their fellow player you know and um we had built a, a, a certain rhythm within the, in the side and 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 we had built confidence so I wouldn't quite go with where the bookies had us, I think, 3-2-1. We were probably still the underdogs a lot less than 3-1. Than Just by the mere fact we were playing on home ground, Ellis Park is probably one of the best stadiums in the world. It was it was a home ground to a lot of the Transvaal players who made up the majority of the Springbok side at, at that stage. And, um, you know... We we were de- definitely gonna give it everything that that we had, and uh, we were comfortable in that environment. So tough it was, but um, uh, you know we we were pretty confident that that we were in with a good chance. And then the match itself, we actually looked quite comfortable, and in my opinion, we never looked like we were actually gonna lose. I'm interested to know from you, playing in the match, did it feel like that as well? I think you're quite right. I. I our confidence grew during the game and, and, and it became stronger uh, as the game went on. So so our confidence grew. Our game plan was working. Um, we had worked out a defence pattern to to um, stifle Jonah Loma at that stage. That was working well. And, and, you know, the fact that we had Andre with the left foot and Joel with the right foot, we could, we could probe the corners quite easily, uh, making it difficult for the fullback. And 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 our scrum scrums were working quite well. Lineouts were, were were a little different, but it was like that for both sides. It was a bit bit of a mixed affair. Um, you know, having not score Ruben not having scored his try, which which in my view was was a was a definite try, uh, put a little bit of a dampener on things. But 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 there was. A definite growing sentiment in that test match that that you know New Zealand were beatable. There there was no issue that that um, you know they they were outstanding to the point that that they couldn't be taken and um, and that feeling grew amongst the players and you could sense it. So um, it, it it was uh, yeah. I think I think the as I said the confidence grew as the game went on. Okay, Henny, what does it feel like when the referee blows the final whistle and you are a rugby world champion? Yeah, look, it's, it's uh, you know, one, it's indescribable, you know. The difficulty, or not the difficulty, but but the but the relevance at the time, it just being, you know, in South Africa at a time where there was a lot of uncertainty, um, it, it was, you know, you, you were playing not necessarily for yourself, um, but for something bigger, better, broader uh, and and from that perspective it 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 was it was a relief in a way and i mean that in the nicest possible way because there, there was a lot of pressure there was a lot of expectation and you don't want to let the country down so um you know we we really you know when that whistle goes the the, the relief and the joy is indescribable it's it, uh, it really is uh, the ultimate, I think, in any um, 
sportsman's life is 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 to be crowned, you know, the top in 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 his um, in his, his sporting profession. Andre Markroff then took over in 1996. You played under Ian McIntosh, you played under Kitch Christie, and you played under Markroff as Springbok coaches. In your opinion, Henny, what would you say are the differences between the three men and their approaches? I think Mac had a, had a specific type of game plan, and, and he was very, very rigid in terms of the game plan, regardless of, of, of anything. Um, and that worked for, for, for Natal, because I think there was a lot of training that could go into it. You spend a lot of time together, you know, getting a, a bunch of, of Transvaal people as part of that team and, and then having to train them in, in, in accordance to a quite a rigid pattern, which, which you know, revolved around a lot of forward kind of play and interaction against what was, let's call it, um, natural within the, the Transvaal aspect ma- made it quite difficult. Um, and, and um, yeah, and then obviously, I mean, Kitch was just a, a great manager of, 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 of people, enabled them to express themselves in ways that they, they needed to. And, and, and uh, yeah, you know, Andre originally... Um, there was there was a little bit of confusion uh, because I, I believe there was there was a, a thought that that he he didn't have my support because he had viewed that Francois having left Francois out you know I wouldn't necessarily have given him the support um, which which initially had a little bit of a let's call it an uncertainty in terms of of how the relationship would would work out, uh, it, we had gone through a difficult time. Uh, you know, rugby turning professional, um, a lot of personalities were left in the wake. A lot of people were fighting for certain rights um, for players and and trying to position themselves accordingly. So it it, it was a very um, difficult time for, for for rugby in 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 a lot of ways. Um, so, yeah, you know, from that point of view, I didn't spend a lot of time under, under Markcroft, um, that, that, that was, that was quite limited. Um, uh, so, so very, very different in their approaches. Um, you know, each one, one trying to, to instill their own uh, idea and, 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 and flavor to the game. But uh, yeah, you know, as as it would be, different coaches, different approaches. You mentioned Francois being dropped. What was your reaction to that? Yeah, look, I, I mean, I was I was obviously surprised by that. Uh, you know, you win a World Cup, and and and, and the captain uh, next year is is not part of the makeup. It is quite surprising. Um, you know, it wasn't as if he was there at the end of his career. Um, but but there were clearly, you know, personality questions, uh, you know, between Andre Marcroft and Francho at the time. What brought that about? Um, I'm I'm still not quite privy to. Um, other than they there must have been, you know, uncertainty of acceptance. Um, 
And it's sad that in certain instances these things happen. I think it's the coach's responsibility to to try and sort out why and 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 and, and try and incorporate and try and keep teams like that intact. Because I do believe that had we been kept intact, we would have, um, you know, still performed for a good in a number of years um, in in a Springbok jersey as as a group like that. So. But but that's not to be. Time brings about change, and um, we, you know, that's we had to adapt and adopt and, and and move on. I've had a few guys on the show who have spoken about that, and the general consensus seems to be that you just had to be a professional and get on with it. Would you go along with that? Yeah. Look, I mean, the, the thing here is is ultimately you, you know you don't. You're aiming to, to serve your country, um, and and and, uh, and and this is where where there's a bit of a difference in in terms of approach. I wish our politicians would take that note, but um, you know, you serve your country. You don't serve you don't serve the party as such. You want to do your best. You've got a short and a limited amount of time to be a, a influencer. And someone who can make a difference, you get granted that time, and you use the time to to benefit the aims and goals of 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 the country. And and you know the South African side would, in all instances, make make you know a, a good trip of it because they had that mentality, they had that attitude of, you know, yes, some come and go. Some sadly so, right or not right, but ultimately it's it's making sure that your um, your record remains as clean as and intact as possible because you associate yourself to wins and losses, you know, in the green and gold. So so ultimately, if you if you're playing uh, at that level, that that that's your achievement, and if you win, then it is it, it is a lot easier to bear. We finished off with a victory against Wales at the old Cardiff Arms Park. As it turned out, that was your last test match for the Springboks. How disappointing was it for you that it ended there? People t- take a view. Uh, at that stage, uh, I'd founded the South African Rugby Players Association, um, which probably didn't sit well with uh, the authorities at the time. Um, but I was committed to see that through and ensure that the players, you know, um, had some form of protection in the process. Uh, you know, we had to endure quite a lot of pressure from from uh, the authorities at the time. There were threats of uh, cancelling contracts and so forth. And, and, and you know, I, I was just prepared to make the stand for that. And uh, if it meant losing... Using my Springbok colours for it, you know, something that I was willing, willingly willing to do, um, b- because it it wasn't going to end. It, you know, it was clear that that the approach was to 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 make sure that any of the parties who had uh, what's the right word were still. You know, driving a, a player agenda, you know, would would potentially suffer the consequences of it. So, 
Um, it, it is what it is. I still enjoyed playing rugby in in. 97, 98, 99, and I thought 99 in particular, you know, was one of my greatest, great years in the sport. Um, and and whether, you know, I deserve to to be at higher honours at that stage or not will always be in, in debate. But, um, you know, I, I had to accept it and move on. So, um you know that, that that is a choice that I made, and I was ha- and I'm and I remain happy in some instances that I did. Okay, Henny, who was your toughest opponent? Oh, you know, it's it's difficult within rugby terms. You know, in the old days, they used to be inside centre versus inside centre in defence and, and attack. But you know, it was more combinations of people. Um, you know, you, you had the the the, the littles and horns as a combination in Australia at that time. They were quite slippery. Um, uh, you know, Philippe Seller, I had the privilege of playing against him. Um, and, uh, yeah, um, Walt Little and, and Frank Bunce were also, you know, an, an awesome combination. So, um, but, but yeah, it, it's, uh, it, it's something I can't quite pinpoint as to an individual as such uh, if, if you're asking at, at, at centre but uh, yeah, I, I probably probably um, either Frank Bunce or, or, or uh, yeah Tim Horan between those two players, you know, the combination of the two of those were, were really good, were really good is there a particularly funny moment that you can share with us from your time with the Springboks? I just I just remember a particular incident, you know, playing um, and 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 where where I was told to kick the ball out um, in Afrikaans, but it was a quite a a hot day and and the play had played slowed down quite a bit. Um, and uh, but I don't think it was a Springbok game, but nonetheless, it was. I was told to kick the ball out, but old Francis Rasmus. Uh, it, I think it was an exhibition game. He, he gave me the ball in his head. Said, "Yeah, kick the ball out, but don't kick it too far because we still have to run there." So <laughs> that that was quite a a, a funny incident. Um, uh, but yeah, look, you know. Uh, while you're playing rugby at, uh, for the Springboks, you're not focusing on funny incidences. It's 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 serious work, you know. So, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, we did some interesting things like playing flank um, at a time when we try to do a particular move and trying to adapt and do things differently, and you know, always pushing pushing the norm a little and and, and bringing about different plays is always kind of enjoyable. And what are you up to these days, Henny? Oh, it's a variety of things, Peter. It's, uh, you know, involved with uh, uh, a lot of actions here in South Africa, um, you know, related to to various industries, um, partner with with a number of, of good, competent guys, and, and, and also trying to do a little bit of bilateral trading in China. All right, let's take another look at the trivia question again. In 1992, South Africa played a two-test series in France. Which city hosted the first test? Do you know the answer, Henny? 
the first test. Goodness. Um, 1992. Now I have to claim I'm suffering from concussion. <laughs> All right. Uh, the correct answer is, in fact, Leon. And uh, we won that one 2015 before going on to lose the second test and drawing the series. Henny, I want to say that it was an absolute pleasure having you on Front Row Rugby today. And I hope that we can have you on again in the future. Super. Well, you better have a good day. Last time on Front Row Rugby, I had former Springbok hooker John Allen on the show. You can go and watch that. It's appearing on the screen right now. Next time, we'll have former Springbok centre Christian Stewart here. This Front Row Rugby episode appeared originally on YouTube. If you enjoyed this content, please consider subscribing and sharing with your friends. See you next time.